0: Racism and white privilege are real. Whether you believe they are or not, we're here to discuss all of that and more on White Privilege Personified.
1: Hey everybody, um, I'm Amy. And I'm Mike. And this is White Privilege Personified. We're um, super excited to be coming to you with our first guest of this season. Um, So Mike's going to go ahead and introduce who our special guest is.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty uh, interesting guest, I guess, as far as our guests are concerned. Uh, it's my mom. <laughs>
1: Yay.
0: Uh, say hi, mom. <laughs> hi. Um, and he, as you guys know, Amy and I have always asked for, you know, people with different backgrounds from us, different, you know, just different walks of life that we want on our show, just to sort of get their experiences with racism and white privilege and things like that. And I had a very specific reason for wanting my mom, on. but mom, why don't you just tell them a little bit about yourself first?
2: Um, okay, I'm originally from New York, grew up there for my teenage years, and then landed up in uh, South Florida, Irish Italian descent. Grew up in an Irish Italian neighborhood in New York. Um, we had a maid when I was little that lived with us. Um, had a very opinionated father, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to put it mildly, uh, and I lived in South Florida for a bunch of years, and now we're up here in Michigan.
0: And I should point out that you guys aren't retired, which I guess I said in our first episode, and you you pointed out that yes. no, you're not retired. You just <laughs> you moved to Michigan for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, I'm still questioning too, <laughs> but. Uh, it's like did you know something I didn't know no, we're not retired yet. Uh but something different. Although I do miss my ocean. Yeah. <laughs> and the sun. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I'm, I'm sure it's about eighty degrees here today.
2: <laughs> oh, it's thirteen here. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: it's so pretty. <laughs> and so mom, I wanted to have well you didn't say your name why don't you go ahead and say your name so people know that it's not just mom which is <laughs> you
2: know. okay alice and coffee. all
0: right well i wanted to have you on specifically because you mentioned reading a book with a book club of yours uh what was the book that you guys read
2: I like the way you say book club it's like you're questioning <laughs> it but it's a uh, white fragility
0: i was gonna say book group and i knew that wasn't the proper uh terminology for it um th- this book has been really popular for a long time i actually did a lot of research yep. on it i you know i did i prepared for this um i had already um, so, but- started
1: walk started reading it too i got about halfway through like this was probably like a year ago that i started reading it
0: yeah, it's number um, one on the charts for like a long time, mm-hmm. or somewhere up on the charts for a couple of years. Um, so what? This did, is like, the what was the book about? for read. people who don't know, you know, just.
2: Well, as I was saying, this is a book I never would have read. Mm. It, it, you know, I wouldn't know um, because I didn't think I had a problem. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it, <laughs> you know, okay, it's a book club. Let me see they 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 get these books that I. I Usually wouldn't read, but they're they're thought provoking and and you know, so this book was written by a, a white mm. woman, and and just uh, talking about racism. It's a uh, as it says on the why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism,
1: mm.
2: you know, and um, you know, and as I said, I we had uh, we called her a maid, but we had Polly, Polly we had for like. My young years because my brothers were in school, so I was like maybe three or four to like mm-hmm. seven or eight. She us six days a week. Mm. Loved Polly, loved Polly. I mean, even my brother said the first woman he ever loved that wasn't family mm-hmm. was Polly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so I figured I don't have issues, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with me, mm. but. Um, this book did point out some things that I just really took for granted that I'm privileged for being Mm -hmm. white you know I that thought never ever crossed my mind so I mean this past year has been very tumultuous between the the pandemic and the and the the, you know the race you know and uh, it's just been a Mm -hmm. lot and um of course, now I'm going to draw a blank as to what his name is. Um, the one that, that died. George, the cop George Floyd. Seat. Floyd, that's it. You know, that just got me like nothing else mm-hmm. did. You know, and I have friends back in Florida that I, I worked. I was part of Memorial for many, many years. And I worked with a bunch of women, island women, black women, you know, and I had one good friend there and she said, you don't get it out. I go, cause I, I thought Trump brought in all this mm. hatred and you're just not getting it out. You know, this has always been here. And I go, nah, nah, nah. Well, after the George Floyd thing, you know, I texted her, I said, I apologize to her. I said, I was wrong. I didn't see it
1: mm.
2: the way, it
1: is. Mm. you know, and this book also helped me realize it. So what, yeah. what, um, since you said that you wouldn't have picked, you know, you wouldn't have picked to read this book. How did you guys decide to read this book? Like who came up with the idea? It's just like a, you know, they hear good, good, you know, other people recommended mm-hmm. and whatnot. The
2: the group that I'm the book club, I'm with a lot of, uh, teachers teachers and stuff. Um, and they're all, they're all retired, they? mm-hmm. but they're, they're very, you know, just say they hear recommendations and then well what do you think you want to try reading this one okay yeah so you know and well i i wasn't i picked it <laughs> but it was a good book
0: <laughs> what was the reception from the rest of the group then i mean they're teachers so obvious i would hope they're a little bit more you know
2: they're tolerant they were and not more, bigoted
0: than than an average yeah. reader but so how they're
2: definitely more tolerance um because a lot of them worked you know the neighbor, where I live right here in Michigan is a very predominantly white area, mm-hmm. which for me, as Michael knows, I find so bizarre. <laughs> I, I just never lived any place that it's white. And I just think this is really weird. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I yeah, I, and I call it, and Michael's going to tell me, I'm, uh, most people won't know what this is. This is I call the town of Mayberry which is Andy Griffith living in this <laughs> little town, white. And and Jose gets annoyed at me after, but this is, this is Mayberry. It's a little town and everybody's white. And I've never, growing up in New York and even down South Florida, I have never lived in a place like that. So I thought it was mm-hmm. interesting as well to see what these women would say. And they were all, yeah, they all understood it. They had some realizations, like I did, that you know how privileged we are, just for the color of our skin. Um, but it, it was received very well. Actually, it took uh, two months to go to go over this. I missed the second month; I had to work. So.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, normally I so associate book clubs with, you know, cheese and wine and not actually reading books. So that's <laughs> pretty interesting that you guys actually ta- tackled something so topical and not an easy read, I'm sure. So earlier you mentioned white privilege. What does white privilege mean to you from what you've learned?
2: Well, how basically um, things are quite a bit easier just because we're white. Mm-hmm. uh you know, which I never in my wildest, that never crossed my mind. You know, you used to tell me I, I had issues Michael, and I always said no. <laughs> 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 this time, yeah, so that's a, yeah. Uh, but never thought of that, you know? It's just what is what dealt and that's, you know, but yeah, that's not right. <laughs> it's just not right. Um, yeah. And, 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 and what gets me most is like when you're seeing all this, these cops that are shooting these black guys and it's just like, what the hell's going on? I mean, Mm. there's white guys that wouldn't have happened, you know, Mm. So that's a fact. I mean, the kneeling on George Floyd, that, that would never happen. And this one that just happened a couple of months ago, this guy in the garage and he has a cell phone in his hand and the cop shoots him, he's dead. And then, mm-hmm. you know, still puts
1: handcuffs on him. Get out of here. This would not happen if you were
2: like. white. And, and, and why no. do you,
1: why no, do you think, and... I was going to say, just why do you think that two part question? Why do you think, one, that people don't realize that, I guess, or, or are just w- wanting to not see it? Um, and two, do you feel like you, that the book helped you open your eyes to that, or that you always kind of felt that way? Well, Okay. why people don't I think
2: more and more people are seeing it now. Yeah. Okay, because this is happening way too often. Mm-hmm. Um and I I I guess I don't know, maybe maybe they went hand in hand. Um mm-hmm. uh, I I did know that but how did I explain this? Well, the same <laughs> point that I was getting to like with my girlfriend Rosie in Florida, mm-hmm. you know, I realized I never had to tell my sons how to act if they got pulled over by a cop. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, well, I, you know, because I go off at times, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> and that's a privilege. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. Yes. But to have to tell my son, just, just be respectful, don't say anything. But again, I was like, that thought never, ever crossed my mind you know, mm-hmm. but, but you're a black guy and you're already a threat just because you're a black guy. Yeah. You know, that's, that's it. Just... And these are conversations <laughs> that black
0: parents have with their sons at a young age. That's pretty yeah. traumatizing yeah. to have to grow up knowing Definitely. that, you know? Definitely.
2: I could not imagine. And yeah, it, it, things have to change. I do believe because this is happening, unfortunately more frequently, or maybe not more frequently. Now you got cameras. Everybody's got phones. Yep. It's, it's being seen more that people are realizing things got to change. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, these cops need to be better trained. They, um, they, I think they're some of them just joined the force and they've already got their 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 opinions set. You know, that those got we got to weed them out, and you need to um, you know retrain everybody and get some definitely
0: yeah Mm -hmm. not to go off on too much of a tangent but like 15 years ago the fbi did release a report about white supremacists infiltrating law enforcement so Mm -hmm. when you see things like george floyd happening and you see these officers you know responding to black lives matter protests with violence know that that's exactly where a lot of that comes from
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i just think that it's the the idea is just more so like that I know it's becoming more in the news, so it is becoming more of a thing, but there are still so many people that just don't want to see it Mm -hmm. and don't want to, you know, admit to it or, or, or even kind of agree to it because it doesn't necessarily affect them directly (laughs) or someone told them something to think on the other side of it. But what's crazy to me is that it becomes such a political issue. And I just Mm -hmm. want to make sure that like, People are understanding it's not a political issue. It's really just facts and it's actually happening. And if you stop being so defensive, which is part of what the book talks about, then then hopefully you can open your eyes and just realize what's actually happening versus not wanting to see it.
0: Mm -hmm. So definitely. Yeah, I think, you know, this kind of leads me to my next question. Mom, what does it mean to you to be white? (laughs)
2: What does it?
1: That's a good question. Yeah, that's a hard question. Let me throw it back at you. What does it mean to you? I like Uh, it. I like that.
0: Being white. I don't know. That's why I was kind of leaning towards that question because Amy mentioned that sort of willingness to see anything another way. But whiteness, like anything else, is just a social construct, you know, Mm when... When our ancestors, I guess it's weird to refer to like grandparents or great grandparents as ancestors. But when they came to this country, they didn't think of themselves as white. You know, they thought of themselves as Irish or British or French or whatever. Right. They became white in this country when they had to be part of that group. You know what I mean? And that's Mm -hmm. that's why I always like to bring up that for a long time, Irish and Italian people weren't considered white because it shows how nebulous that concept is. It's not it's not a thing. It's a social construct that'll change the way that it needs to change with time. So You had these immigrants coming to this country and because you had the black group that they needed to be in opposition to, they became assimilated into this social construct of whiteness. And it's it's hard for white people. I understand it to break out of that box because, you know, it's Mm -hmm. also a box that they're put in before they're even born. And how do you break out of that social construct when you're not even willing to see it? And from childhood, like everything that people are taught in school just adheres and enforces that construct from the people Uh, that they mythologize as heroes, Christopher Columbus, all these people, they're, they're, they're colonizers, they're imperialists, you know what I mean? So it continues propagating that mindset in people, and then it just reinforces those constructs. So that to me is what it means to be white. Um, I think
1: it's also crazy when like groups are themselves, you know, kind of segregated and pushed aside, like example, like you said, Italians or Irish or even like Jewish people mm -hmm. too. Like, I mean the whole Holocaust and some like example, my, my dad's side of the family, they're all Brooklyn Jews. So they're all, they were all raised just around other Jew Jewish people in New York as well. And I just think it's crazy because sometimes they have such like, um, like racist mindset, like to the point where, you know, like the book kind of explains that not all race, like people think that racism is like always like this negative, like you're horrible. I'm going to fight you Mm -hmm. like that kind of racism, which, you know, is, is one part of course that exists, but there's another part of racism. That's just stereotyping everything. Right. Or just thinking that someone is you're better because of your skin. And I feel like some of those tendencies, those racial tendencies, like I even see sometimes and I have to talk with my, you know, my, my grandparents about it, they're not trying to be malicious, but they look at, they look, you know, they look at it a certain way. And I always just think that's so interesting considering that they were part of a group that had to leave their country because they felt not included. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so interesting to me that then they still have some of those mindsets because of, you know, their grand their parents or whatever, put it in them. And then they have those mindsets too, where they're not trying to be malicious, but it's just ingrained in them. And then you have to like try to be like, no, that's not normal. Like, <laughs> that's not right, you know, and try to like shake it out of them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But no one ever told them that, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. Mom, I'm sure you've oh. got a story you'd like to share. I know you. Yeah.
2: I do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you do now. Okay. My, my father um, was an Archie bunker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So aging mm-hmm. myself again, <laughs> but he 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 knocked every nationality that there was mm-hmm. you know, and i am glad my kids didn't grow <laughs> up around him, you know uh, he knocked Italians, I go, you know what half Italian Shh, I wouldn't brag about that yeah. <laughs> what he would say you know um and my dad was a musician, and he was a you know uh he played the bass and piano and sang. And so he was around all sorts of people. And then when he wasn't doing that, he was a bartender. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, I just I, he amazed me the stuff that <laughs> came out of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, really, Dad? You really think you know? And and uh, the only time my father ever left New York was when he went to Korea. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, he just said, "I was just glad none of my kids <laughs> were mentioned." Yeah, uh, going out. Um, But when my father passed away, there was a black guy at the funeral and my brothers and and my husband, who's that guy? And I was was like, what's he doing here? And you know, then he comes up to us and he says that he he loved my father and I um, go, George? (laughs) George (laughs) Worthy? Oh, he was, he was like a mentor to him and this and that. And like, we were all just totally dumbfounded. And, you know, I just sort of took it as maybe my father started seeing the light or, you know, Mm -hmm. got a different perspective the older he got, you know, Um, but that, that was nice to see, but totally (laughs) shocked us. Yeah. (laughs) What we grew up with. So, mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think it just goes to what Amy was saying earlier. There's a difference between racism and prejudice and bigotry. And, you know, people hold (coughs) prejudice opinions and, you know, don't necessarily, might not necessarily act on them or, you know. Yeah.
2: I still have an issue as far as, to okay, uh, which I mentioned to you yesterday. Uh, The difference between Racism and prejudice. I mean, I can say, living down in South Florida, I had a hard time going into stores, and I didn't speak Spanish. Mm. You know, and if you didn't speak Spanish, they're not going to help you. You know, I had no <laughs> idea. I couldn't. I, I couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like we're in we're in the U.S. You know, we speak English. But so does that make me? That's prejudice, there, correct? That's not, or it's. They're they're so similar.
0: I think. They are. I've always liked the definition of racism as prejudice plus power. I know that it's a controversial view of it, but I think most people have prejudices. But it's when you act on them and when you when you have the ability to impact people's lives. I think is when it becomes racism. You know, unless Amy, unless you have a different. Uh,
1: I don't but I also don't focus necessarily on the difference of the words in my Mm -hmm. opinion they're just both you know things that we have to kind of fight against Mm that some are inherent things that you just kind of have which kind of is just the upbringing and then others is are I think bad ways to look at a really bad like there's there's levels Mm -hmm. and so if you're acting upon it that's like the worst that you could be at but if you but I still think there's probably a scale that puts that on some sort of racism, but like race itself is technically like the color of your skin and ethnicity is more of like, you know, where you're digging into like where you actually come mm-hmm. from. So if you're looking at racism, racism doesn't necessarily see where people are from or languages. They just see the right, color like of, his, of your skin. So that's where I kind of look at it. There um, but there are they're both not the best for us to be doing, you know what I mean? like yeah. we have to fight against those things, yeah. but they're normal they're they're not like some people, especially people that have that have different backgrounds and are and and have a white upbringing like like the book is saying too, it's just kind of there, and you have to actively just kind of be aware of it and try to fight against it um and and realize that it's not just you as a person as you as the individual. It's not like you can't like just separate it as everybody's their own person you have to actually look at it like who's marginalized and who's Mm -hmm. not um and so i think those are all parts of it so yeah i i i think that we can all understand certain stereotypes that are put out there because some of them are true that's why they became stereotypes in the first place um but we just have to realize that we have to be a little bit more understanding of where other people come from and just kind of always have that mindset of like okay you know, like for me when I was in South Florida, cause same thing, like I, I, I was born and raised in South Florida too. And like, I worked in Weston, which is predominantly Hispanic now. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I would go into a store and they would talk to me in Spanish too, especially cause I have dark hair. And so they just assume that I speak Spanish and then they're kind of upset when I don't speak Spanish back. But, <laughs> but I tried to look at it from a perspective of a lot of them are misplaced. Like example, a lot of people in Weston came from Venezuela because of everything that's going on over there. So they probably didn't have a lot of time to really try to learn the language, which, you know, to, to kind of come over here. So they probably feel just much more confident to try to speak in Spanish. Um, But then at the same time, I, I can understand the other side too, because then it becomes difficult of like, you know, now, I feel uncomfortable as the consumer coming into the mm-hmm. store, too. Uh-huh. So, like, I can kind of understand both sides, but I do try to look at it the other side. So, that way, it doesn't really get me too upset. It just makes me, maybe I don't, you know, <laughs> know go in there as frequently yeah. because, you know, I don't want, today's not a good yeah. day kind of thing. So, like, like venturing into Hialeah, oh, Florida. Oh, yeah, sure.
2: And, you know, Spanish <laughs> is it's you need it it's something (laughs) else yeah you know and 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 i had to go in there especially for you mike to get uh communion shoes in size Mm -hmm. 10 foot (laughs) okay and it's just and i'm trying to explain and again (laughs) i was just it's It's hard yeah you know all right (laughs) i know but so it's I, I, I that, that I like the way you put it. Um, the racism and the prejudice—that's good, as we all do have prejudices yeah. that we were born with and and acquired through the family yep. or whatever. And it is—it it takes you got to be aware mm-hmm. and 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 try to, as you say, fight. You know, do the right thing instead of just going with uh, mm-hmm. what you usually. Yeah. Do. How has this. your learning changed since? Mm-hmm
0: reading or continued since finishing that book has it continued
2: well i i will remember i'm still living in um it's i'm keeping an open mind and and, you know when certain situations come up Mm -hmm. you know did before no that's not true you know and just uh, looking at it differently, keeping definitely keeping an open mind, saying maybe my my I'm wrong in the way I'm thinking. So and it's mm. this is mostly just news related now because, as I say, I'm still living in Mayberry. I do work in Ann Arbor where there is mm. more diversity, thank goodness. Um, but because of COVID, you're not you're not interacting. You're not. It, it's a different time.
1: Yeah. So I think also like because you are surrounded by all that. Especially with your group of, of you know, co- co-workers or it, whoever they were that you read the book with. I think that it's cool because you guys now all have an open mind and you have changed your perspective. So I think, especially in the town, that's all pretty much one note you have a lot of ability to make make some changes, little changes here and there. Not saying like you have to go out and protest all of a sudden or anything like that. But like, you know, if conversations come up, you can be the one that like maybe jumps in and says something every once in a while when someone, if someone says something Actually, out of whack whatever.
2: Because you know, I was yeah. talking to somebody and I said, my son wants to interview him. Oh, yeah, for what? for his podcast, you know. Uh, I go, mm-hmm. what is that? And I asked someone, like, <laughs> you know. Oh actually yeah, because I'm going for physical therapy and um uh, my therapist's husband is a cop. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're mandating yeah. uh that they read this book. And uh, oh, wow. I said, That's awesome. I said I, I
0: think, yeah. you know, <clears throat> this is very good for cops to read. Um and how did the he, how did the cop husband feel about that?
2: Um Well, he found something which I don't remember reading in the book, but something to the extent that, you know, if you're working in an underprivileged area, you know, and or or you're living in an underprivileged area, and then you move to a better area, well, you should you should keep working in the underprivileged area because you're they need you or something to that extent. I don't remember that in the book. And huh. he he took it, you know, because I want to better myself. There's nothing wrong with that. I said there isn't anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I said that's well, That's all we all want to do is better ourselves. Um, but he got annoyed mm-hmm. about that. I, I don't. I have to ask her what part of the book that was. And, and I told her my opinion of it. You know. Uh, so she's actually going.
0: What was that? You broke up at the end there. Did we lose you again? Uh, that way, <laughs> this app, man. I don't that, know what the back.
2: I'm back. Something happens. My screen goes red, and it something comes across, and I, I had a feeling. I said, "I'm going to lose them again." Uh, well,
0: right, we're almost done here. But you were saying that
2: uh... it, it, it's. I want to hear more, and and I'll see her next week to hear what he thinks of the book. Um. But mm-hmm. she did say she was going to read it afterwards, and and I said, and I did talk to her, and, and I said, I took, I have a different perspective. I said, it, it's just like so many things we've taken for granted just because we're white, you know. Life is a hell of a lot easier mm-hmm. just because we're white, you know. And and society, yeah. you know, isn't it? They, they, And I think that's what Trump tried to do. Trump wants to go back, or wanted to go back to being just a white, you know, a white. And this not gonna it's not going to mm-hmm. happen. so uh but it was definitely it was an eye-opener for me you know and it's just like i never thought of that Mm -hmm. yeah so we try to talk with people that ask me well i'm not we don't have white privilege yeah we do (laughs) do. so Mm -hmm. i guess in that way you're right i i am making little movements here and there Mm -hmm. little changes
0: Good. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like white people to know, maybe especially white people who are opposed to this besides white privilege is real?
2: And you got to open your mind. You can't, the world just gets to revolve around you. I mean, forget the color of somebody's skin. I mean, it just put yourself in their shoes, which, which definitely, as I say, got me with having to tell my sons how to behave when a cop pulls you over. You know how different it is for blacks and whites you know that's just one little thing but so put yourself in their shoes and how would you feel about this you know the world is changing mm-hmm. and it's not just a white we're not all white anymore okay and we have to adapt we have to get along and we have to make it that we, we can all get ahead mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: yep Well, I'm glad that you got something out of that book, and I'm glad you were able to come on and talk to us about it today.
2: Well, this this is interesting.
0: Thank you. Well, I'm sure I'll be talking to you later today at some point.
1: I'm sure you will.
0: So thanks for coming on. Uh, Amy, do we have an action item this week?
1: Yeah, I made one. You can veto it if you don't like it. Uh, So... Our action item that I have for this week is to pick up a book or even read an essay or anything, whether it's white fragility or any, you know, racial educational piece of work and just read it. And, and it, like always, try to keep an open mind and try to see the world a little differently than you did. I like before. it. I'm I not like doing it. it. I like it. That's good. <laughs> Sounds good awesome well that's pretty much all we have for you guys today so thanks for tuning in and thank you to our guest you were awesome so appreciate it everything I know you the interviewing part <laughs> you don't really like to do but yeah. you did a great job so <laughs> awesome job thank that. you very
2: much both of you it was, it was fun <laughs>
1: yeah god I'm glad cool. I'm glad well, it was fun we'll have again next week so, no. <laughs> yes exactly you'll be every we have a You're new co-host now god <laughs> yeah, help you all <laughs> all right right. thank you awesome well if anybody if anybody wants to see anything on future episodes or um anything that you guys have comments on that you heard this episode feel free to email us white privilege personified at gmail.com you can also find us on instagram white underscore privilege underscore personified underscore and you can ask any questions there as well but until next week i think that's all
0: for us right guys next week
2: Bye. Have a good week.